0: Hello, and welcome to the Addicts Anonymous podcast. I'm your host, Jamar. Today is episode 130, and we're interviewing Angie F. How are you doing this morning, Angie?
1: I'm doing great.
0: I'm glad to hear that. So you excited to do this? Yes. All right, that's good to hear. So let's dive in and get started here. Tell me about growing up and how your childhood was.
1: Hi, my name's Angie and I'm an addict alcoholic. Um, I've been drenched in a crack cocaine addiction since I was 16 years old and I'm 39 now. Um, I started drinking when I was about 12. Um, just majority of the drinking at that young age was um, just to fit in, be cool and have uh, more friends. Um, as I grew more and more into my drug addiction, um, it was hard um I used it as a coping skill to numb things that I didn't want to deal with um well,
0: real quick going I got back sp- to, going back a little bit to huh? when you were younger going back to before you were doing drugs what was it like growing up I know you said you started at a very young age but before that like you no know, when you were very young how was your life overall
1: um my life was good um I lived with my mom and my stepdad and I was back and forth from my aunt and my uncle. Um, I guess I had a lot of peer pressure growing up. Um,
0: Why were you going back and forth between him? your aunt? Why were you going back and forth between your uncles and your aunts?
1: Um, Because just um, living arrangements, uh, where I was placed as a child and my auntie and my uncle raised me and then uh, I would just go back to my mom whenever but um, yeah I had a solid foundation with my auntie and my uncle Uh, and um, it was it was a struggle at times Uh, a lot of things happened in in and around my home with my mom and my stepdad. Um, so.
0: What kind of things were happening?
1: A uh, lot of alcohol, a lot of partying, growing up, watching them party. Uh, don't get me wrong. They were both amazing parents. It just, I don't know, behind the scenes, it wasn't a good scene. So, um. I was a good student, majority of the time, I guess. I was raised in Winnipeg, Manitoba. And, um,
0: oh, wow, you're in with, Manitoba? Like...
1: Yeah, I'm in Manitoba.
0: Okay. I, we actually, um, had an in person meeting in Manitoba with a group that was going through a rehab, and I actually did a Zoom meeting with a whole group of people. It was in Manitoba, actually
1: awesome
0: yeah it was a few weeks ago it's pretty cool
1: do you mind me asking where i
0: i don't know the exact name of the place but i could find out for you and message you later um the lady april is really cool okay. um she works at a rehab facility and she just set up a oh, day I where
1: know you're talking about. that's where i'm that's where i'm from
0: oh yeah
1: yeah yes. i just finished doing job shadowing i just finished doing job shadowing with her there. Awesome.
0: So, yeah, she uh, set up a uh, classroom with like, I don't know, it was like six or seven people. And then I was talking through the computer and I did like a little lesson for everybody. Small world.
1: Awesome. Right? Yeah. Amazing. Yes. Um, but my fa- my my lifestyle personally went south. I hit rock bottom when my auntie passed away. I think I was 12. I can't remember exactly. I didn't just know I was a kid. Uh, she majority kept the family together. Uh, we used to have family gatherings, family dinners, family, everything. But, um, just like she held the family in place and everybody just went their own ways as soon as she passed away. Um, it was a sudden tragedy for me. Uh, I took it really hard considering she was my go-to person when I was small, um, and then my cousin, her daughter ended up raising me because I was I was in and out of group homes after that. Like um I ended up being awarded CFS. And uh yeah, so my cousin ended up watching me and then I guess more majority my younger my younger years um it was peer pressure that Turn me to I don't know it didn't turn me to who I am today, but um I guess I wanted to hang out. I wanted to have all those friends, and I didn't want to be a loner in class or in school, so I would go on my lunch breaks and when I think I was in high school i would we would go to my friend's house and we would steal her dad's filing cabinet where all his alcohol was, get drunk, smoke weed, and go back to school. And we we do it, like, every day. It was, like, an everyday thing for us. Um, Then I...
0: Nobody at school ever um, caught
1: on? Our teachers knew. But um, just because I guess I was in a special ed classroom because I had a, a learning disability, I guess. That's what we're still trying to figure out. So they put me in this class where... I don't know, it was like a free-for-all class kind of thing. You just work at your own pace and that. So um, he, did, I think he did mention it. I can't remember because I never really got in much shit or anything about it from my cousin. Like she never interacted with me if, if I did get in trouble or if they did mention it. But um, the teacher usually, usually just let us sleep it off if we were like too out of it or he would send us home. Or we just go wherever we think we'd be. We'd think we'd be going, but um, mm. yeah, <laughs> yeah. I ended up getting pre- pregnant at sixteen. Uh, I had my first kid two thousand, and um, I tried really hard to get sober for him. I went to my first treatment center, and went to BHF, and um, it was hard. I didn't finish the program. Um. CFS had a change of mind change of heart and they told me that my son wasn't coming there so I took off from the program and I went to the nearest crack shack that I could remember so it was like a routine for me like I'd go to treatment or I'd go to jail and go to this one treatment because it's like a get out of free jail card kind of thing for me and I I would try to get sober but majority of the time it wasn't happening so I was just back and forth from jail to treatment to drug houses in the routine. You,
0: how old were you when you started using cracks? Uh, 16. So you were 16. That's really young.
1: I was 16 and I started already. I was already selling at shooting galleries to junkies and everything what's, just what's to provide shooting,
0: for me. I'm assuming it's what it sounds like, but what's a shooting gallery?
1: Uh, it's for um Coke. Coke. It's for IV users that go there.
0: What is it, like a house or something that people just go
1: to? Yeah, it was a house that, um, like, I was pregnant and I was selling to provide for myself. That was like my street sense, like, my street smarts of how I knew how to make money at a young age was by selling drugs. So, like, um, yeah, so I was selling Coke at a flat house and it went on it went on majority of all my life I was selling hustling drugs just to provide like my my food like my sleeping where I would stay um to make sure I had a roof over my head and um it went on for many many years I finally got sober at the age of 32 when I had my fifth child um when my life changed around that time, it, it went from better to, it went from worse to better before it went back to the worst. I relapsed during the pandemic. Um, I lost let's, my let's child. Let's go back
0: a little bit. Let's go as you grow up. So you get pregnant when you're around 16, you said, and that you're selling yeah. drugs and stuff. So who was the father?
1: Um, my cousin's partner's cousin.
0: Your cousin's partner. It was
1: somebody we knew. Yeah, it was somebody close to our family. So, like, I knew who he was. I knew who the dad was. So, and um, yeah, but he was—he um, was at at the time he was into drugs himself. And curiosity got me. That's why I started. How did you, how did you guys never, meet? Um, At my cousin's house. Because okay. my cousin dated his cousin. And still dates his cousin. So, like, I still talk to my son's dad. But I don't tell much people about it because, I don't know. It's just too much to deal with. Why do you say um, that? Well, first of all, he was nine years older than me.
0: Okay.
1: Or step nine, nine or seven. there was a big age gap, anyways, between us, and I was still a kid. But um, I don't know. We went out for a few years, and then I don't know. We just ended up breaking up.
0: Did your aunt or anybody ask who the father was?
1: Yeah, my cousins knew.
0: Okay. It must have been scary being pregnant that young.
1: It was. It was scary, but at the same time, I enjoyed it because I thought that's that would have been it. Like I would have had my life. Like I had a partner. I was pregnant. We had a like we had a home to live in, and he was part time working. So I figured at that young age, K, I have everything, but I lost everything as fast as I had it all.
0: How that happen? How did you
1: lose everything so fast? Um, his drug addiction got involved. How so? And um, I didn't know he was a crackhead at the time. Um, curiosity got my end. Like, I used to go do beanies and whatnot. And I used to be curious to why... Like why I'd have to argue for pampers or milk or whatnot. And it was um, hectic. So I pushed redial one day and phoned the crack dealer. And I told them that I said I was supposed to be picking up pieces for them. But more or less those pieces were for me. And um, yeah, so when I first had my first food of crack cocaine, it didn't really do much for me. It just... Like, I was like, what what a waste of money kind of thing. Um, it was majority when I was really drunk, where I want to go back and smoke crack. Like, um, I was able to maintain my home and my newborn child for a little bit. And then um, I think it didn't hit me as much the first time because I didn't have much funds, but. I got my son's child tax, and it was a instant, like, oh, I'm going to call this dealer again.
0: Your son's child, would you say, hack?
1: Well, when I first had my son, like, my he was a newborn child. He was just a baby. So, like, I think he was just a couple months old. And I got his back pay back from child tax, and...
0: Which child hats? I don't know what that is.
1: Family allowance.
0: Oh, family allowance? What's that, from the government? Yeah. Okay, keep like, on. Um, I'm in America. Like- I'm in America. We don't have nice stuff like that. <laughs> you guys are, you guys oh. have the uh, nice universal health care up there. We're all jealous of.
1: Oh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I ended up, like, I did good with her money, and then um, I don't know what happened. I guess, uh, I ended up drinking and I called that dealer again. And then I was slowly selling everything that I bought. Like, uh, it's sad to think about it now. Like it was just a waste and it was, it sucked. Um, I was in and out of jail. Um, I ended up starting, well, before I went to jail, like I started working the streets to provide for uh, my drug addiction as well as selling dope on the side. What so age were you? I was soliciting myself. How uh, 16. Wow, that's 16. Very, very, yeah. yeah, 16, 17. Um, <laughs> I guess at first it wasn't for the drugs, it was honestly just for to provide like to have money for eating, like go to eat when I was hungry or buying a couple drinks or something. But it escalated into, I need money to get high. Like, where am I going to get my next fit? Um, The person who introduced me to the street scene, we are still friends today. Um, But she asked me if I wanted to make some easy money, fast and easy money. And at that time, it was a lot safe in Winnipeg. It was like, it's not as crazy as it is today. Um, so what I agreed. You mean, and what's it, your
0: definition of safe? Because I don't think anywhere in the streets are safe.
1: Well, like you were able to like go for walks without getting worried about you're going to get punched out or anything. Like like Me. I was constantly walking the streets all hours of the night. Like you do that today, you're going to get jumped or you're going to get bear mazed or you're going to get shot.
0: That's some heavy duty shit.
1: That is like um it's to the point where grandmothers with their grandchildren are getting robbed. Like with their, their grandkids right there. Like people do not care this today. So I'm really happy I don't raise my child there in the city or like we're in a small community where it's somewhat safe. Like I have no issues out here. But um, yeah, I was in and out of jail constantly for solicitating my, for breaches, uh, a lot of uh, disobeying court orders. And I was, so it was like a revolving door for me. Um, like I would get out, I'd go to the nearest crack shack. A couple weeks later, couple even a couple days later, boom, I'm back in jail. For the same charge because you have to abstain from drugs and alcohol, but I couldn't do it. Um it I my honestly my life changed when I had my I have five babies. But it changed when I had my fifth one, my youngest. Um I never had the supports I've had in my life today. Uh, they never turned me away when I phoned them April 23rd 2021 to tell them I got I lost my child to CFS and that she was in the care of CFS again um they they helped me they pushed me they they stuck by me every step of the way just like as if Nothing even happened. Like they supported What age was the baby they when they took?
0: What, what age was the baby when they took it?
1: Uh well, she got she first got apprehended from the hospital at two days after she was born. Okay, and then she got apprehended last year, April twenty second of two thousand twenty one. So she was just six.
0: Who? Um, how did they know to come get her after she was born? Did someone call on you?
1: Uh, I had a. I had a. A red flag on me.
0: What's a red because, flag?
1: Because um, it's something they do it in the hospitals. Um, because I'm a no drug addict, and because just because of my last ch- my last children I've had, I either went under the influence or oh, majority. I was always in the hospital when I had my babies. I hate to say it, but I was always under the influence of drugs or alcohol. So um CFS just put a red flag on me and it just stayed in the file in the hospital um and I got my daughter back I um let's see, they took her July 27th 2015 for me and I got her back um June I got her back a month before she turned 1 2016 um I went to AA meetings I did a programming I went to treatment center. I went to Saint Rose for my treatment program I detoxed myself um somewhat I kind of lied to them I told them I was clean for a majority time but I was honestly only clean just for over the weekend uh they phoned me Friday they said they had a bed for me Monday morning. And can I get there? And I told him, yep, I can get there. Um, but I only detox myself for two days, Saturday and Sunday. And th- Monday morning came uh, my friend, my best friend and her partner. They kept me with them. Um, I stayed with in a hotel room with them for March. And then I went to treatment in May. But like we were staying in from hotel room to hotel room, um, and I was because I was pregnant with Bella. What, it's my daughter's name. I was pregnant with her, and they just figured it was the, it was better because, like, I was still kind of I was still fighting people and everything, and I was still drinking lots and you smoking mean and
0: stuff.
1: Yeah, when I was while I was pregnant, I was. It was crazy, yeah. It was the like, look
0: on um, your face. Just a look on your face says you knew it was crazy because you're smiling. You're like, just thinking like, oh, my God, I can't believe I even did it. Like,
1: think got of the look the of things I've on done. your face, girl. Yeah, it's like to think, to, to just think of my past of everything I've done, everything I've been through. I'm so grateful to be here today and to be sober. And
0: like, also I could to have, have your been children. I mean, that's important that your children made it through, too.
1: Exactly. Like, um, one wrong. I still have to make is. my, yes, I have to still make my amends to them. Um, I made a lot of amends to a lot of people. Um, but I didn't do my kids yet. They're older and they have a lot of resentment against me. Um, we're slowly building a relationship again today. Um, I'm just hoping that. Things continue to go the way they are. Um, They see me now today that I'm trying, like it's, it's, it's hard. Don't get me wrong. Like there's days where I just want to reach for that bottle and have a zip. Like if I'm too stressed out, but um, I just try to occupy my time with other things to do.
0: Um, what, do you, what do you do to occupy your time? Do you have anything specific you do?
1: I work. I finally got a legit job where I get a legit paycheck that I that I work mm-hmm. my my heart like extra hard to do and to accomplish out here. Like um my life went for the better this round than any other time I've gotten sober. This is my third time trying to get sober from um, alcohol. And it's my second time getting clean off of the drugs. Um, and the first times like I've had the support, I did my programming, but it was, that's, that was it. It was like programming, constantly programming every day. And I, like when I was living in Winnipeg, there was a lot of opportunities. I could have went and got a job. I could have worked on my license i i could have found a better home for me and my daughter but i didn't i didn't want to do none of that i just constantly wanted to just go to school do my programs go to aas and to me i figured that was enough that was enough work for me to do to maintain my sobriety but i when i got introduced to AA, they were telling me about the 12 steps and um how old were you when you were I only introduced didn't. to AA? Um, I was 32. Also, it was way long after your using days. Yeah, so I walked <laughs> into an AA meeting with my sponsor. Well, she's no longer my sponsor today, but she's my best friend. When I was pregnant with my daughter and majority, I was just going in for the barbecue because it was a birthday night. <laughs> so pregnant, <laughs> hungry, lots of food. And, but no, I ended up sticking it out. I went there. Uh, my daughter's been involved with me with AA meetings since she was, well, since I was pregnant with her. Um, I love my home group. Um, my home group's actually Western Group in Winnipeg, Manitoba. I, I was with them. They seen me go up here and then they seen me fall back down, but they never pushed me away or never d- judged me or never doubted me. Um, when I last relapsed onto the drugs, it was hard for me to tell them, tell them that, but um, they kind of put it together. Cause my daughter always comes to meetings with me um, and she wasn't there. And um, so I, I told them what happened and they motivated me. Like I, like I told them, like I was doing A meetings. I found an A meeting. I mo- I ended up moving from Winnipeg after my real my, after that last relapse I had last year, and I had to get out of Winnipeg. So I moved to Selkirk, Manitoba, with a good good friend. Um, she was actually my daughter's first foster placement from when she was a baby. So we gained a a solid relationship even till this day. And she opened up her home for me and my daughter. Um, CFS said my daughter couldn't move there just yet because I was living there and I was still on a chance of a relapse again. So I had to show them that I really wanted my daughter home and wanted her back with me. So I detoxed myself in Selkirk, Manitoba at my friend's home for a month. Um, I went there. That's dangerous. Um,
0: That's dangerous. Alcohol detox on your own. Did you go through any withdrawal symptoms?
1: That's the thing. I've never had withdrawals. Like I, I've had the, like, all I did for the first three days was sleep and eat. Like I never had no mood swings. I didn't have the bad sweats. Like, so I had it pretty easy. Like considering the drugs I've done and the alcohol I drank, I never, like when I was drinking, before I got sober, I used to have the shakes because I didn't have that alcohol. Yeah. But I never had those shakes when it was time for me to sober up. So I'm so grateful I had an easy slope, more or less, when it was time to detox. Um, my friend, she just told me, there's the beds, go to sleep. There's the fridge, you're hungry. But she kept checking up on me. Um, so I think it was to a lot of prayers. I had like, she's a Christian, she's a Christian lady. Um, she was always praying for me. Uh, she told me, she wished I was more open with her about my relapse and she would have prevented it from happening. Like she would have tried her hardest, but I lost my dad a day before my birthday. Um, last year. Sorry to hear that. Yeah, so it hit us, it hit me and my siblings hard. Um
2: You guys were close?
1: Um not so much close, but he raised me majority like my stepdad raised me majority all my life until like he was always there for me. So He's done things to me, but what do you mean? You I didn't... forgave like I forgave him for it. Like what did he do to you? For all the pain just the pain he's caused me and decisions he's made my mom do hurt me.
0: What kind of like, things?
1: Like um my mom had to choose me or my sister over him because we weren't his. So I have six siblings and where we all love each other we all get along we're all there for each other but he had um three babies he had three kids with my mom so those were his kids no, so four four. I was his stepdaughter. Okay, yeah, so there's five. There. There's I have well, try this. two brothers and three sisters, and there's and that's so six including me. But um, it was a lot of wrong decisions on his behalf that making my mom choose. Like um, I don't know. It was just very frustrated um all the abuse all the neglect they would like uh, he would do um that's another reason why I was with my auntie my uncle majority of my life as a young child um but I forgave him on his deathbed when he died I forgave him at his funeral and it made my sobriety a lot a lot easier because I don't hold that resentment about him anymore. Um, I love him with all my heart. Um, I lost my real dad as well, but I was um, I a full-blown crack addict and an alcoholic um, when I found out I could have caused alcohol poisoning because I drank a 60-pounder by myself and it was in the middle of the winter um I could have ended up like I could have froze to death like because by time it took me it took me almost two hours just to walk three blocks like it was the roads were slippery and everything and like I could recall that night like that time bits and pieces of it until I got to that spot where I was trying to get to um, but by the time I got there anyways, I was in a tank top and cap- caprice pants from a winter jacket to sweats and a toque and everything. So like, I was, I don't know what I was doing on the, along the way, but like, I didn't have my bottle anymore or anything, but, um, by the time I got there, I was really under, the, I was really freaking, I really felt the alcohol and. Um, I ended up trying to fight with people in that house, like just because I was frustrated and everything and like they're only trying to help me, but I didn't see it as that way. Sorry, my daughter just woke up. Okay. Um, but um, yeah, um, I blamed myself for a lot of, a lot of things when I was drunk. um. Um, I lost my cousin 2014. Sorry got, that. Um, Yeah. And and, how did that affect
0: you? Were you guys close?
1: It, yeah, he, it was him and his sister, like my auntie, my uncle, dad was his, his, their child. So he was like my brother, he was my brother, my cousin and my godfather all in one of me. Okay. Um, so it affected me hard. Um, and then like, I was mostly drinking and using to numb all this pain that I was running from, um, until I finally got sober this last round. Um, I went to Union Gospel Mission in Winnipeg, Manitoba, June 4th was my start date. Um, and i did, I didn't really want to be in that program because it was um Christian based, but I thought again, you know what I'm here not I'm here for myself, but I'm here also to get my daughter back. so I wasn't there to make friends, I wasn't there to disclose as much as detail I wanted to when it was time to do that counseling session. I was just going to do what I had to do to stay there so I can get my daughter back. Um, I ended up interacting with a lot of amazing women there, a lot of amazing staff. uh, And I had an awesome counselor. um, And she told me, it's like an onion. You need to peel peel the layers. And find why the reason why I kept relapsing, why I kept drinking and using. And I found the source. Um, well, I thought I did, but I, I don't know. It's hard to say, but I've dealt with that. I dealt with my mom issues. Like, and I love my mom today. Um, we have a better relationship. Um, she's a great grandmother to my child, to all her grandkids. She's an awesome grandma to them all. Um, but yeah, like, like working at that, with that onion and peeling those layers, it helped me today with coping, grieving, and when I'm stressed. Um. But I still have those moments where just one won't hurt. But can I honestly just have one? No. No oh, yeah. alcoholic can just have one. But uh-huh. um, like... I just tell myself, like, I'm not going to drink today. I can't say I'm not ever going to drink because I made that mistake in the past where I just full-blown said, I'm not going to drink ever in my life. And I drank and drank and drank and I went back to drinking. And, like, um, this is the longest I've ever been sober, this round from alcohol. Um, so I got sober April 23rd, 2021. So it was it 16 or 15 months. I usually make it to one year and I relapse. So, why do you think like, that is? Still at the, um, I don't know. I do not know. So, I'm just really, I'm grateful that I'm sober today.
0: Was there anything going on in your life around the time you relapsed that might have pushed you towards that? Any type of stress or family issues or anything like that? What, what led um, you to relapse basically? What led, what led to it?
1: I think it was boredom.
0: Okay. That's a big one. That's people don't realize how. I remember when I was getting sober, I was just like, what the hell am I going to do without drinking and using drugs? I'm going to be bored out of my mind.
1: Yeah. Like I was going to school. I was taking my daughter to daycare. I lived by myself. I had I had no partner. I finally met an amazing guy. Um, 2020, um, that's who I'm with now, still, and um like now, <clears throat> I have a job, I'm working to get my license that's your dad's money um, but um, yeah, like he's a very supportive role model for me um I met him out here at my sister's house and. He stuck by me. He stuck by me through my relapse. Like most people could have just said, fuck that bitch. Do her thing now. But no, he stuck by me as much as as hard as it was for both of us. Um he was there. We lost two children. I had two miscarriages.
0: No, oh, I'm sorry. Um,
1: yeah, so we're still trying. Um but it's it's a struggle. Like my first re- my first miscarriage, I I we I didn't know like I was pregnant. Um, and by the time I found out, it was when I stopped. Like I we stopped drinking cold turkey, and I was occasionally smoking the pipe at the time. Um, but I stopped as soon as I, f-
0: I found pipe? out I was pregnant. Tobacco? No, pipe? no,
1: the crack pipe. The crack pipe. The drug pipe. Yeah.
0: Oh, um no.
1: so I, so i stopped as soon as i found out um and then we found out on his birthday that i lost a baby um i we had lost our next baby like um i would have actually had the our second baby today this was my due date it actually just popped up on his phone this morning when i seen his because his calendar reminder was going off so yeah so um we lost our second child last year um during my recovery and the treatment programs and being distanced from each other um i i had to do this miscarriage by myself um just because he was in he was home with his kids and there was no way of him getting to where I was because of the COVID and everything. And, um, a lot of places were shut down, like the roads were shut down. So he was there for me through messenger and telephone calls. Um, but yeah, I ended up, um, spotting one time, one day. And, um, I called my cousin right away and I told her, I said, it's happening again. And, Uh, My daughter was in school, uh, so I was doing. I personally thought I was doing everything right. Like I was sober, I wasn't on my feet as much. Uh, The only time I would go somewhere was to get my pick up my daughter from and take her to school. Um, I
2: ate.
1: I ate. I smoked cigarettes, but but I had a lot of stress. I was crying constantly, stressed, lonely. Frustrated, don't blame me, because I just wanted to go home. I wanted to be back here with my partner. Um, but I couldn't do. I wasn't. It wasn't happening yet because CFS. And um, we finally came home last year, de- December. We came back for Christmas hol- Christmas holidays, and I just told my worker and I said, "I'm not going nowhere. I'm staying here. If you guys have an issue, you guys can come deal with it." And I told him, I said, I want my file transferred. And we ended up staying here. Um, <clears throat> then I slowly started meeting amazing support people um, who pushed me. And April is one of them, her and her husband. I'm so grateful I have them in, in our lives. Um, they're a very great support supportive team for me and my partner. Um, Thank I
0: finished... Such a small
1: yes, world I fin- you know her. Yes. We are actually with her yesterday for oh I was for a quick little bit. That she's she's amazing. Oh my god, yes. I love her so much. Um
0: Hey, I interviewed her husband for the podcast.
1: Don't be here. he's messy. <laughs> um but uh yeah, like um I did her twenty-one day treatment program in March when um like I wanted to do that program when I was still in treatment in Winnipeg like I I was telling her like when does the program start blah 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 like even before I went into treatment uh, I was already talking to her I didn't know I didn't fully know her at that point but just the connection we had later on it just stuck and everything but um yeah they I did their program her program was amazing um This Then her third program, I did job shadowing there, Uh, so I got to see behind the scenes and how hard it is to get a treatment program together. Um, It was a great experience. I was honored to be able to sit there with my fellow community members and let them trust me enough to sit there and listen to their issues and why they're where they're at today in life. it's almost your birthday, yes. Go count on the calendar. Sorry, she's asking how many more days till her birthday. Oh, that's sweet. <laughs> but um, yeah. So I ended up getting sober. Um. Today is ninth. Today's the ninth. Yeah. No, today's the tenth.
2: Okay.
1: Okay. We'll mark the days go look in my room. Um, I got sober April 23rd, 2015 by myself. I, my daughter got apprehended April 22nd, no April 21st or 22nd. I couldn't, I can't remember exactly one of what's one of those days. Um, <clears throat> I ended up, I was there, I was kind of under the influence. Like I was doing a check-in with her because she was at a babysitter's. And I asked my babysitter how they were doing, how she was, if she wanted to go to McDonald's or if you want to come pick up some money, take her to McDonald's or take her to the park and get her some ice cream or something. But then um, they couldn't go because she got picked up. They had picked her up. um, I asked them, I asked my sitter who, and the response was CFS. Me being in a state of mind I was in, I said, "Fuck this!" <clears throat> I went to the LC. I went and picked up a bottle. I got more drunk. I went to the my back to the crack shack, and I got some pieces. I smoked. I told them what happened, and um, they didn't know what to do. I understand why, because like, what are we supposed to do, like? This lady just lost her daughter. Because she's here. Um. I had one solid friend. <clears throat> I had one good friend there. Um. And I ended up borrowing a bag of crack, like a bunch of pieces off of them, and I left. I left about ten, ten, ten thirty that night. And I was going to go hustle those pieces because now I need to know, like, what am I going to do? Like, I just lost my child. I'm drunk. And I got a bunch of dope. So I was going to go try to find people to buy these pieces off me so I can get money in my pocket. Um, that didn't happen. I ended up going to my friends and I went to smoke my pieces with her and drink my bottle. And then I passed out. Well, I didn't mean to pass out, I just wanted to lay down. I wanted to lay down. Cause my like I was really intoxicated, my head was spinning. So I made a bed on her floor and I woke up and I got rolled. They took my pieces, they took my pipe, they took the rest of my alcohol. Uh they left Does me a cigarette. Rolled? What did you get robbed? Yeah.
0: Oh, it's so a rolled. I got, got robbed in my <laughs> sleep.
1: That sucks. Yeah. So it did. It did at the time. It sucked. Um, But I found my friend's phone. So I picked up her phone and I phoned my friend and I told him, I said, Kay, hey, can you come get me? I'm at this address. I'll be downstairs in 10 minutes. How long will it take you? He goes, I'll be there in like five minutes. I said, I want to get my daughter back. That was, fr- that was a Friday, April 23rd, 2021. And he was there not I don't even know freaking before I even got down the stairs. He was already at that corner waiting in his car. So I jumped in, he took me to the social worker's office. I signed some papers. Um they asked me if I relapsed. I because I was like freaking you could still smell the alcohol on me. And I said, Yeah, I relapsed. Um you guys told my friend you guys were gonna be a hundred percent supportive and you were gonna help me get my daughter back. You guys were supposed to put us in an emergency shelter. Um, But they lied about everything. Um, They got me to sign that paper. But I stuck it out. I could have said, fuck this. And I could have got my friend to drop me right back off at that crack shack. But he didn't. Um, I said it. I ended up sleeping in his car for a few hours. And then um, my sister she kept she keeps my other kid um so her and my two daughters ended up coming from the reserve to Winnipeg to try to get Bella out of care and DFS just straight out said no um so we ended up going they my my daughter messaged me and she asked me if I was hungry and I said yeah I'm hungry she asked me what I wanted to eat So I told her, let's just go to McDonald's. And then we met at McDonald's. So they see me, we had a discussion. um, And then I ended up going, we ended up leaving. And uh, I made arrangements for my friend from South Creek to come and get me in Winnipeg. Uh, She had to come the next day due to she was working. So um, she came. And so I slept from my friend's car to his chair in his living room to back to his car from his car to my friend's car to Selkirk, Avenue, Salkirk, Manitoba, to her bed for a week or it felt like a week, but I think it was only three or four days. But after three or four days, I was like up and then I was like up and eating and I was like somewhat back to normal Um May 4th. 2021, I found my first AA meeting out in Selkirk. Um, it was a struggle to get there because I had to walk by Elsie's. Like, because as my first time, like, I've been out to Selkirk, but not on foot. So, like, uh, I was going through my GPS map from my phone and it was navigating me how to get to this meeting. Um, I never realized that every A meeting I've been to, there was always a bar beside it. I don't know why. I've asked them why do you guys have bars beside your AA meetings, but it's like, do you have enough strength to get past that bar? And I did. I phoned my partner one day and I said, I can't go to this meeting anymore. And he asked me why. I said because I want to drink every time I go there because there's bars all the way there. Like they have this freaking big ass poster boards with big cans of beer and they look they look good, huh? but. He told me to do a different route, take a different route, go down a different street. doesn't have to be a long ass different route, but like go one block before you make that one turn. So I don't get that lost. And it worked. I followed, I follow. I followed the directions and took a different path where I didn't have to pass those, those Elsie's or the like our um, the vendors and their whatnot. Um, I, I almost—I had a big temptation to drink one time out in Selkirk, um, but um, I went for a bike ride. I distracted myself and made myself so frustrated at that bike ride. But at the end of the bike ride, I made it. My friend had to come pick me up because I couldn't ride my bike no more. Like I drove mm-hmm. in a big circle on the outskirts of Selkirk, from one bridge to another bridge, and then I couldn't make it up this one road because the wind was coming towards me so like I better stop riding my bike or I'm gonna keel over (laughs) more or less but it helped like I got home uh, I talked to my partner he's like do you still feel like drinking and I was like no I'm tired I want to go to bed so (laughs) that's what happened I ended up relaxing and I just went to bed um so I was just learning how to cope with things um it was really good. Like um, today, my life is amazing. Um, I'm sober today. I have my daughter home. I have a great, I have an amazing relationship with my other kids. I have an awesome relationship with my stepkids. Um, I could say no. I I know how to cope with grieving. I'm a really positive role model towards others. That's my money. Okay, go over there till I'm done.
0: Uh,
1: go over there. And um, I have an amazing relationship with my older sister. She's been there for me since day one. Um, she is the reason why my kids are who they are today. With amazing... With amazing. They're just amazing. I love them. I love the life they my sister gave them. Um, I... I... Going for my beginners next month. My second second appointment, I never thought ever that I was going to be able to even try to get my license. Um, but... Just my wallet, just leave it. And um, go Bella. No, I'm busy doing something K. Okay? No, you're not going to put that in my wallet because you're going to take everything. Out. Um, yeah, I never really thought I was going to be able to work on my license or even get a job for that matter, just because of the life I had. But I work with kids today. I'm going to be working full-time at the school. I did amazing out of my job training. Um going to be getting a vehicle soon. I'm just waiting to pass as beginners. Um, it sucks under circumstances I have to do the interlock program, but at least I can still drive.
0: Oh, I had to do um, that for six months. It's really annoying. Yeah, I
1: have. To, I have to do it for a year, but... I'm really, I'm really grateful. Like, um, cause that's financially that's costly, but
2: yeah,
1: I'm hoping that my friend will still let me take his truck for a bit while I finish it. And then I can save up for a vehicle for my own. Um, but in order for me to do that interlock program, I have to have my own vehicle. So I'm not in this state of mind right now. Well, I'm in a state of mind, but financially I'm not to go get a vehicle. I can't just go pull pull up at a dealership and say I want that and sign the forms not that easy Um, but I'm hoping that he'll part with his vehicle for me Um, like I've still been practicing my online quizzes and I'm doing really good Um, I just gotta remember not to change the answer as soon as it's there because that could be the right answer because that's what I did and that's why I failed (laughs) But um yeah I just love where I'm at today um I run a sobriety support women's healing group for women in Winnipeg through Zoom on once a week um and yeah I go to work tomorrow I'm really I'm really happy for the life I have and where it's led me um I guess I've just finished my step 12 today cuz I uh yeah April told me it's i guess i could i could share my experience, my strength and hope, and this is my first time completing all my steps um the furthest I've ever made it was to step three um but yeah, I'm just really grateful to where to where I'm at today, and I couldn't ask for a better life uh, amazing partner um amazing family, amazing supports. Yeah, I couldn't ask for anything else.
2: That's
0: great. That's really great. So the 12 steps have really helped you.
1: They have helped me lots. Um, Like um, I was in Destiny House in my sober living place last year um, before I got my daughter back and we're there for three months. So it was um, mandatory that we had to go to these... AA meetings uh so more or less I did 90 meetings 90 days before I went into that other treatment center because we weren't even allowed out and they didn't do AA meetings and they did things a lot different than how things are done today like how things are done in other treatment centers I guess look on the bed but um yeah doing the doing the steps helped me lots They made me better understand AA and myself, but yeah, I don't know what else to say.
0: No, that's, you told a great story. I I really appreciate you doing this today. So my last question for you that I ask everybody is, do you have any advice for people watching and listening?
1: Stick it out. It's gonna be tough. It's a struggle. It's one day at a time, one minute at a time, one second at a time. Even like I go day by day now. Like like I said before, I can't say I'm never gonna drink again. I just know for today, I'm not drinking. Today, I'm sober. Right now, I'm sober. Um, just stick it out and peel that onion. Um, you got to get to the core of things to re- find out why things are happening. And you got this.
0: I like that you got this. We have bracelets we give away for free. And, one, and on one side says, you can do this.
1: Awesome. I never heard that one, but I like it.
0: Yeah, you can do this. I, I just say when everyone, if you're having a tough time, pull out your sobriety chip or your bracelet that we give away and just see, you can do this. But yeah, your yes. story's great. I really appreciate you again doing this today. So did you have Thank anything you. else you want to add? No, I'm good. You're good to go. All right. Yes. So let's wrap it up here. So for everybody watching and listening, if you like what you heard and saw, go below and give us a like. Also subscribe to see when we upload new videos. You can also check us out on Twitter, Reddit, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. We're on a bunch of other platforms as far as listening to us, as far as Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcast, Anchor, and many more you can check out on our website. The website is www addicts-anonymous.com. There you'll find plenty of resources as well as a lot of our Zoom meeting schedules and things like that. So I hope you like what you heard and saw today and until next time.